You are now listening to the Holistic Healing Arts Podcast with Sydney Locke. Okay, hello, and welcome back to the Holistic Healing Arts Podcast. For those of you who don't already know, I'm your host, Sydney, and I'll be providing you with the objective layman's view on all things naturopathic medicine and complementary alternative medicine. Um, now, you may be wondering what the heck that is, and that's why we have Dr. Houck here again with us today. Uh, welcome back, Dr. Houck. Hello, nice to be here. Um, so just a little recap um, of what we covered in our last podcast with you. Um, if you tuned in last time, we covered the birth story of holistic healing arts and why Dr. Hout chose to enter the field of uh, naturopathic medicine. So today we're going to dive a little deeper and actually figure out what the heck naturopathic medicine is. Um, and yeah, so well, I'll try to decipher any of your medical jargon for the listeners, but um, <laughs> give us I'll, a little. I'll translate it into English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give us a little bit of a history and what exactly naturopathic medicine is. Okay. Well, I guess the first thing I do want to say is that the word naturopathic medicine is a word that is really loved by a lot of people. And, and there are people out there that call themselves naturopaths or that they do naturopathy. Um, and some of them, and there's a wide degree of education, unfortunately, that comes with that. Um, so it's important if you're going to visit with a naturopathic doctor that you make sure that your state or province or jurisdiction licenses naturopathic doctors. Because in this day and age, naturopathic doctors are considered primary health care practitioners. To become a naturopathic doctor, you need to have at least three years of pre-med in the university level. And most of the naturopathic doctors out there have anywhere from four to six years. We have naturopathic doctors here in our clinic, for example, that have honors degrees in science, biochemistry, and a master's degree in public health. And then on top of that, they have their naturopathic uh, doctorate. And it takes another four years. So the minimum education is about seven, eight, and many people have more than that. So that's when you want to be a naturopathic doctor, you have to jump through those hoops. You have to you know, do those things, and then you are able to write licensing exams in the province or state that you practice in, and then you're able to go ahead and, uh, and use your skills to make a difference. So that's what naturopathic doctors are at this, in this present era, and that's been that way now for many, many decades. But if you go back into the early 1900s, there was a lot of, you know, that was back in the Wild West of, uh, of healthcare in general, and uh, there was naturopathic doctors around at that time. There was osteopaths, there was medical doctors. Some of those medical doctors specialized in homeopathy. So there was just a lot of different things going on in the early 1900s. And naturopathic medicine was actually quite well respected and known. It was an umbrella uh, title that included a lot of what we now call, you know, complementary alternative healthcare. In that time, it included physical therapies, hydrotherapy, uh, which is the application of hot and cold um, uh, baths. Uh, it was, came from Europe under the, the title of Knipe Water Cure, and uh, herbal medicine, traditional Chinese and Native American herbs. And that type of thing was all done under the umbrella of naturopathic medicine, including even simple surgeries. And in the 1920s and 30s was a boom time for naturopathic medicine. There was actually over 20 schools that taught naturopathic medicine back in the 1920s and 30s into the 40s. The 1950s was still a boom time for naturopathic medicine. And then things went into a decline. At that point, the, the, the ascendancy, if you will, of, of what we call allopathic medicine or crisis care, the medical doctors, they had access to antibiotics. They had just come out of World War II. 
saving literally millions of lives with the antibiotics, both on the battlefield and in terms of some of the hygienic areas where the uh, war had devastated parts of Europe. So uh, regular medicine, medical doctors really became a dominant force after that. And there was really an effort actually to shut down other forms of complementary or alternative healthcare. Mm -hmm. And uh, osteopathy became in North America, basically uh, was offered the opportunity to become like a medical practice. And now DOs, doctors of osteopathy in North America or in the States for sure are now really just like medical doctors and their original roots of hands-on therapies have pretty well been recovered, if you will, by the European osteopaths who now are re-inoculating the world with this tradition of hands-on osteopathy. And chiropractic went through a, quite a decline at that time, and so did naturopathic medicine, um, to a point where in the 60s and 70s, there were really no schools left that taught naturopathic medicine. It had died out quite dramatically. And, and I have clippings going back from the 1960s you know, where, you know, cancer was going to be cured within a year if we just gave enough research money to the folks that were doing it. And so there was this real excitement back then that, that, you know, this hard work of looking at lifestyle and diet and nutrition and, and putting an emphasis on preventative care was really very passe. And the future was all about just doing your thing. And then there'd be a magic pill that would fix anything that would come up and then you'd be right as rain again after that and life would go on. And to give credit, we now have an absolutely terrific uh, option in our world today to get the best of crisis care. I mean, here in Canada, we have you know, uh, universal health care. If you have a crisis, if you have a heart attack, if you have a major trauma, I mean, it's just marvelous that you can you know, get that type of care and it's excellent care. So mm -hmm. it isn't that that isn't a place for that. It is that it became, I think, just for many folks, just the magic default. And so by about the 80s, I think that that honeymoon, if you will, with that type of healthcare had kind of run out in some areas. And there was an interest in looking for complementary or alternative ways of addressing certain health problems. And um, naturopathic medicine was back in demand. And, um, and so slowly, it came back into the uh, public eye. Uh, the first college that opened up again, opened up in Portland, Oregon. Uh, another one opened up in uh, Seattle, Washington. The third one opened up actually here in Ontario where I am. And it was actually uh, in um, the Kitchener-Waterloo area because the two hot spots where there was still a lot of naturopathic medicine being practiced was in the lower mainland BC and in the, for lack of a better word, the Mennonite country for, that runs from sort of London up to Barrie where there was a lot of people that were accessing this type of healthcare and there was still some old time naturopaths that still had the skills and the knowledge. And so they were tapped to re help restore, you know, our, our history and our skill set. And then uh, it started again, started back in the early eighties. And uh, I actually came to the college in 86 and graduated in 1990 after four years of naturopathic training. So it's coming back. And now there are, is another college in, in Vancouver. There's another five or six in uh, the States, San Diego, Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's slowly coming back. And if you want to find out who is a good, you know, naturopathic doctor, definitely find out, you know, what college they went to. And if you are in a state that is licensed and uh, most provinces are licensed, and I think not the majority of states, but a substantial minority of states are licensed. If you're in an unlicensed state, 
unfortunately, then anyone can call themselves a naturopath and whether they got that, that designation by correspondence or not. So it's a, it is a real buyer's beware market out there in some regards, but that's slowly changing as more and more states are regulating naturopathic doctors. So that's kind of the history. Does that make sense? I just wanted to quickly get yeah. that out of the way. And no, absolutely. Um, the difference, I know you explained it prior, but so if you were to go see um, an unlicensed naturopath, the difference between, is it just the, basically the title and the qualifications or is it their knowledge and stuff as well? It is very much the knowledge and stuff because, um, you know, in, in a naturopathic doctor starting his four year program in naturopathic medicine has already got to have a good grounding in all of the basic sciences, organic chemistry, physiology, and so on, which isn't asked for of these unlicensed, you know, naturopaths. So, and then their program is not the four years of intensive training that a naturopathic doctor does. So there is definitely a difference in the quality of training, a difference in the depth of the training, uh, the Mm -hmm. scope of the training. And then more important actually is that when you are a licensed naturopathic doctor and you operate in a regulated jurisdiction, you are allowed to access a certain scope of practice. So provinces in Canada regulate healthcare. And do you have, if you are doing things that are considered to have a potential of risk to your public, you have to make sure that you have the qualifications and the knowledge and the responsibility to do those things. And if you don't have those, you cannot do them. So naturopathic doctors in Ontario have access to what are called seven, are controlled acts. There's 13 controlled acts laid out in the law, the Regulated Health Professions Act of Ontario, and we can access seven of them. That includes, you know, putting a needle under the skin, you know, putting a, um, a digit like into the mucous membranes of our various orifices. We can do pap smears. We can do proctological exams. We can do intravenous, so we can put a catheter inside of a vein. We can move a joint out of its normal range of motion um, as part of a therapeutic protocol, which would be called like a naturopathic adjustment, similar to what chiropractors would do. So those are things that all need to be um, vetted for, and you're not allowed to do them unless you are an actual licensed, regulated you know, trained naturopathic doctor. So that gives you some scope. We can take blood and send it to a lab, for example, we can do lab work. So there's quite a lot of things that we can do that are above and beyond, you know, sort of the, you know, what some people think is just telling folks to drink, eat more veggies and maybe eat <laughs> some echinacea, you know, there's, it also there's a terrific scope, <laughs> but it also includes that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the foundation. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. It starts with lifestyle and nutrition and so on. And those are the basic building blocks that you have to build on. But, um, but we have these other skills that we're allowed to use and they can be very, very effective and sometimes really um, absolutely a terrific game changer definitely for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, I said it last time and I'll say it again. I knew very, very little about uh, the whole scope of what a naturopathic doctor was. I mean, I would not have been able to tell you the difference between a naturopath and a naturopathic doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you guys are allowed to perform many tasks. So acupuncture, cupping, all those kinds of things. Do you need to do additional schooling or um, qualifications in order to be able to do those? Or is that encompassed in your um, four-year program, four or five-year program? Almost all of it is included in our original four years of training. 
Um, at the college level, we actually have like a department of oriental medicine where we learned about Chinese herbs and acupuncture and so on. And, uh, you know, physical therapy and, and herbology and botanical medicine. So there's actually different um, professors at the college level that, that are experts in these different fields and we get training from them during our four years. Um, once we graduate, we can do pretty well all of those controlled acts except one. We need extra training and extra special insurance if we're going to do intravenous therapy. Mm -hmm. So there's an extra course that's required there and it has to, we have to do the core training and then we have to get examined again at a licensing level to do intravenous. But uh, that, aside from that, we can pretty well basically do all the things out of naturopathic college that we're trained to do. Okay, very interesting. So I've read this before with naturopathic doctors and naturopathic medicine. It's not meant to be as like a substitute for um, traditional medicine or your general practitioner. How do you guys work together um, to give like, your patients the best of, would you say? Um, and, and, and we do. I think naturopathic doctors are trained well to play in the sandbox very nicely. We're very mm -hmm. happy to refer. We have to refer back. I mean, it's, it's like anything. Egos can get in the way. I can remember when I first came to Brantford 30 years ago, you know, it was a very lonely place. I was the only naturopathic doctor in town. And I can remember being at a, at a function and being introduced by a medical doctor friend of mine to another medical doctor friend, person who, when they found out I was a naturopath, pulled their hand back like I had leprosy and didn't want to shake it. So it was kind of, you know, off-putting for sure. But yeah. the fact is things have changed dramatically in 30 years. I think medical doctors more and more realizing that, you know, all the breadth and scope and knowledge that they have to have under their belt is absolutely awesome and they need to be busy doing that, but that there are things that they're not being taught that are still of value. You know, there was this, there, historically there was this kind of arrogant attitude that if I wasn't taught this, then it wasn't worth learning. So anything I don't know is of no interest for me to do anything else about. And I think now we're all realizing that, man, we have a lot of stuff to learn in our own particular area. And let's be respectful of other people who do things in their area. In fact, ironically, in the last 30 years, one of the fastest growing to, you know, aspects, if you will, of medical doctors is what they call functional medicine. Functional medicine is a big part of, of the medical field, especially in the States and even to a great extent in Canada. And basically functional medicine is really naturopathic medicine being practiced by medical doctors. I mean, that they may not all agree, but that's really the core of what it is. And when I go to workshops and seminars, the medical doctors are who are doing the presentations and the naturopathic doctors doing presentations. You know, there's a terrific amount of respect that, you know, naturopathic doctors kept this light alive and were the core people that, you know, kept this thing moving forward. And now it's being, you know, adopted in various pieces by different healthcare professionals. But what naturopathic medicine has and does in our history is really pretty unique and special. And mm -hmm. I think we have a role to play we don't need to oversell what we do. I mean, what we do is pretty awesome. And, and I keep, and, and I keep saying that to the, you know, my students and, and, and other clinicians, we don't have to pretend that we do brain surgery or that, you know what I mean? There's a herb that's going to, you know, fix someone who's in the middle of some crisis. What we do is awesome because we are the people who work with our patients to empower them, to help them discover the underlying causes for what's going on and to help move them forward in a way that they can own what's going on with their health. 
I often use the, um, the phrase, you know, helping you put your owner's manual together, putting you in the driver's seat, because often when we have a crisis, we just want someone with good hands who's going to fix whatever is wrong. And we mm -hmm. don't really care about their bedside manner or anything, just keep me alive. But when it comes to the rest of our life, we need to be working with someone who's going to take the time and the care to understand us, to find a way to motivate us, a way to challenge us so that we start putting the pieces together in terms of the prevention model. And we know that ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And we are really the, the experts in many ways on that whole prevention piece. That's, that's really the core of what we do. And, um, and we have thousands of examples of that. You know, people come in with early stage diabetes and cholesterol issues and, uh, you know, digestive GERD. And you know what? It's amazing. You know, simple diet changes, some simple nutrients and some, you know, some targeted uh, nutraceuticals. And, uh, you know, six months later, seven months later, they're just doing awesomely well. And not only is their original problem handled, but other little things that they weren't, e that weren't even on their radar are now better because the side benefit of eating better, taking the right nutraceuticals, changing your lifestyle, understanding better what's going on in your body actually has these wonderful side benefits that actually uh, are sometimes more important than what the original thing that you came in for was. So and it's, it's not pretty, even just a band-aid. Cool. It, it really does like treat it from the source. It, it does, it does. Yeah. And it takes detective work and it's not easy. And, and, and sometimes patients get a little frustrated with that you know I've had patients that literally came in and said you know I've been on these drugs and uh, they're not doing anything and I just want you to give me something natural that's going to do the same thing as the drugs without the side effects and I have to explain to them there's really you know no such thing if if there was such a magical thing it would be already being used by the medical parlance because that's their paradigm and so it's it's finding a way to help people understand that it's okay to own what's going on. It's okay to, you know, think long-term about how you're going to move forward. Uh, sometimes we are, you know, medically, we, we've kind of gotten used to the idea that there's a magic pill that'll make things go away immediately. And there's a place for that. In, but at the end of the day, the real difference is what are you going to do so that a year from now, you know, your energy and your weight and your muscle tone and so on is where you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't happen overnight. I've literally had people come in and say it healthier all weekend and really it didn't do any good, <laughs> you know. And so it's a hard sell sometimes helping people, yeah. you know, really understand their responsibility for their condition. I think too, people really need to sit down and have an initial consultation, even come into your second consultation before they really grasp. Okay, so this is like this is a lifestyle change. And although I might not see rapid results right away, if I continue on with this, it'll be a long term thing rather than just the short term band aid fix. And, so. and I think that's the key. I, I mean, not to not to underplay the fact that sometimes, you know, people can come in with a, uh, you know, musculoskeletal problem. And it's amazing. A couple acupuncture treatments, you know, a simple anti-inflammatory herb, a little simple adjustment, and really they're, they're doing well. So there is, and especially with patients that you know, and now you know what works for them and, you know, you kind of understand how well they respond to different things. You know, people can come in with some, some pretty heavy duty, painful issues and get better fairly quickly. But it's usually you're building on something that you've already, you know, put there beforehand too. So you can do a lot of good, but really that's not our 
area to focus on crises and, and, and heroic, you know, uh, treatments of people who are on death's door. Our job is to prevent people from getting there that fast. You know, I want to, my job is to prolong your healthy times so that you don't need to maybe be on some of these medications until you're in your 80s instead of in your 50s, you know, and that's a, I don't know, I'm, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it's not, I like the term complementary. I'm not a big fan of the word alternative. I'm not, you know, I think really there's a synergy that needs to be there. The yin and the yang of healthcare um, have to all be understood. And I think in many ways you could see, you know, regular medical care, allopathic medical care, the, the you know, the pharmaceutical side, the surgical side as being the yang, you mm. know, energetic side where the yin side would more be represented by the, you know, the naturopathic type and the holistic type of approaches that are more, you know, foundational, if you will. Yeah, that's, this has been awesome. No, this is very informative. And I mean, it, it, the way that you've been explaining it, like a little bit of history kind of sets the scene for people who don't understand what naturopathic medicine is. And then it, it's not just, it's not just um, hoity-toity herbs that people hand out. Like there's a, there's a basis to it. And it's actually quite wonderful. And learning about it, I find is extremely enlightening. Um, so thank you for that. That was really lovely. Um, so if anyone's interested in learning a bit more, you can visit our website and we keep our social media pages up to date with new and interesting information on naturopathic medicines. So you can check that out as well. Um, I just want to say thank you to Dr. Huck again. It's always a pleasure to have a chat with you and, uh, we'll have you again on our next podcast. Ooh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Look forward to it. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.